Hi, and welcome today to Reign of Chains, a podcast for everyone who cares. My name is your host, Amy Farouk. Today's focus is Voices of LGBTQ Plus History in Turkey, where we delve into intriguing topics that shape the social landscape of Turkey. This fascinating topic will explore homosexuality during the start of the Turkish Republic, current oppression, and the murder of Hande Kader. Joining me as our guest today is Verda Van, who has been researching this unique community. Welcome, Verda. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Also, listeners, I would like to give you forewarning that this episode does include instances where violence and murder is explained. Please listen with care. First, to set the stage of our discussion, let's briefly touch on the historical context, the start of the Turkish Republic. The Republic was founded in 1923 under the leadership of Mustafa Kemal Ataturk, who introduced a series of progressive reforms. And if you could tell us, Verda, how did homosexuality fit into this changing landscape? Excellent question. During the early years of the Turkish Republic, there was a notable shift in societal attitudes towards homosexuality. Ottoman era laws that criminalized same-sex relationships were repealed, aligning with the broader spirit of reform and modernization. Ataturk's secular vision aimed to create a more inclusive society where individual freedoms were respected. That's fascinating. Can you provide us some insights into how homosexuality was perceived and treated during this period of time in Turkish history? Certainly. While the legal landscape changed, it is important to note that societal attitudes varied. Homosexuality remained as a sensitive and somewhat taboo topic. There were progressive voices advocating for acceptance and understanding, but conservative elements within society often held negative views, viewing homosexuality as immoral or against religious teachings. Through my research, it was interesting to learn that during Ottoman times as well, homosexual relations did happen. They were just behind closed doors, and as long as it stayed behind those doors, there was no demonization. It was kind of a instance where if it's nothing is to be said if we don't see it or hear about it. So would it be accurate to say that there was sort of a duality in societal attitudes towards homosexuality during that period as well, Verda? Absolutely. The duality is quite evident. On one hand, there were spaces emerging in urban areas where individuals could express their sexuality more freely, leading to the emergence of small LGBTQ communities. However, it is essential to note that these spaces were limited, and individuals still faced social stigma and discrimination. I wanted to make an interesting note for listeners that during this period of time that the black American author and playwright James Baldwin had met a young Turkish actor in New York around 1958 and became inspired by the prospects that Turkey might offer him. According to the National Museum of American History and Culture website notes that Baldwin exclaimed, Turkey saved my life. And that this Turkish desk decade he spent mainly in Istanbul provided a reprieve from America's homophobia and racism during the height of the civil rights struggles. Baldwin had reportedly even told his friend, assistant, and drama critic Zeyna Moral, I can't breathe, I have to look from the outside. 
meaning he had to look outside of America and find a space where he could be accepted. And eventually that was Istanbul. So moving on, Verda, were there any notable cultural or artistic movements during this time that shed light on homosexuality? Yeah, indeed. The early years of the Turkish Republic saw a vibrant artistic and cultural scene. Writers, poets and artists began to explore themes related to same-sex desire more openly. However, due to societal sensitivities, these expressions were often veiled or coded, offering a nuanced depiction of same-sex relationships. That's fascinating. Can you provide any very specific examples of these artistic expressions? A notable example is the poetry of Nazım Hikmet, one of the Turkey's most renowned poets. Although not explicitly about homosexuality, his work explored love, desire and the human experience in a way that resonated with diverse audiences, including those with same-sex attractions. And eventually, during 1966, like you previously said, Amy James Baldwin came to Turkey to be in a society where he didn't experience prejudice as a gay and African male and felt artistically able to to articulate his identity. It's remarkable to see how these artistic expressions played a role in the shaping societal perceptions. What lasting impact do you think that this period had on the LGBTQ plus community in Turkey? Can you share some instances of that with us, please? Of course. The early years of the Turkish Republic created a foundation for future discussions and advancements regarding LGBTQ rights. While progress has been slow and uneven, the period challenged traditional norms and contributed to, no- to ongoing conversations about diversity, acceptance, and human rights in Turkey. So I saw that there was notable and transformative periods during the 1980s and 1990s where LGBTQ plus activism was growing also globally. How did that movement begin to mold and shape itself in Turkey during that time? Excellent question, Amy. In Turkey, the LGBTQ movement started to gain momentum in the late 1980s and early 1990s. This period was marked by increased visibility and the growing sense of community among LGBTQ individuals, who began to organize and advocate for their rights. Could you tell us more about any key events or factors in activism during that period, please? Sure. One significant factor was the increasing availability of international LGBTQ literature and media. These resources provided Turkish activists with information, inspiration, and a sense of belonging to a larger global movement. Additionally, the AIDS crisis of the 1980s acted as a catalyst, bringing attention to LGBTQ issues and fostering solidarity within the community. So it seems that the LGBTQ movement played a crucial role in shaping activism in Turkey as well. Were there any specific local events or organizations that contributed to that the emergence of that movement? Absolutely. The establishment of Lamba Istanbul in 1993 was a pivotal moment. It was one of the first LGBTQ organizations in Turkey and played a significant role in advocating for equal rights, organizing events, and providing support and resources for the community. Their efforts laid the groundwork for future activism and community building. It's pretty amazing to see how early organizations paved the way for the future in trying to like make progress. How did the LGBTQ plus activists navigate the challenges in social stigmas that they faced in Turkey during this period? 
LGBTQ activists in Turkey face numerous challenges, including societal prejudice, discrimination, and even violence. However, they persisted by employing various strategies. They utilized artistic expressions, such as film festivals and theater performances, to raise awareness and challenge stereotypes. They also engaged in public demonstrations, protests, and awareness campaigns to demand recognition and equal rights. Okay, were there any major milestones that were possibly public and that outwardly gave a message from the LGBTQ plus community? Could you tell us of any if there were one, any? Certainly. In 1993, Lambda Istanbul organized the first LGBTQ pride parade in Turkey, which marked a significant milestone in the visibility and recognition of the community. Subsequently, other cities in Turkey started organizing their own pride events. These parades not only celebrated LGBTQ identity, but also served as platforms for advocacy and demanding equal rights. Okay, as we conclude this, our discussion on this topic, what lasting impact did this period have on the LGBTQ plus rights throughout Turkey? The activism advocacy during this period were instrumental in increasing visibility and challenging societal norms. While progress has been gradual and challenges remain, LGBTQ rights have advanced in Turkey. LGBTQ organizations continue to advocate for equality, visibility, and protection against discrimination. Okay, so fast-forwarding to the AKP's governance and impact on the LGBTQ plus rights in Turkey. And also first, I would like to tell our listeners who aren't familiar with Turkey or even government parties that the current government is quite conservative and is known to be religiously inclined. So could you give our listeners an overview of the current situation and how they view LGBTQ plus? Sure. The AKP, under President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's leadership, has been in power since 2002. Over the years, LGBTQ rights have faced significant challenges. The government's conservative and traditional policies have contributed to a restrictive environment, where discrimination, social stigma, and limited legal protections persist for the LGBTQ community. I find this to be quite concerning. Is there any way you can elaborate on the specific challenges and obstacles faced by LGBTQ plus under AKP's governance? Absolutely. The LGBTQ community in Turkey faces various challenges, including restrictions on freedom of expression and assembly. Pride parades and LGBTQ events have faced bans and increased police presence. Additionally, there has been a rise in hate speech targeting LGBTQ individuals, perpetuating prejudice and discrimination. In 2004, amendments were made to the Turkish Penal Code to criminalize hate speech based on sexual orientation, among other grounds. However, the enforcement of these provisions has been inconsistent, and hate crimes targeting LGBTQ individuals often go unpunished. In 2014, a significant step was taken to protect transgender rights. The Turkish parliament introduced a bill that allowed individuals to legally change their gender identity on official documents. However, the bill faced opposition and was eventually withdrawn in 2015. Since then, progress on transgender rights has been really limited. Okay, well, it's really sad to hear about those challenges. However, we have to keep working towards progress. Are there any particular recent trials, legal developments that highlight the struggles faced by the LGBTQ plus community in Turkey? Yes, indeed. One notable recent trial involves the attempted ban on the LGBTQ organization, Chaos GL. 
under the pretext of threats to public morality. This case has drawn international attention and is seen as an attack on freedom of association and LGBTQ rights. Furthermore, hate crimes against LGBTQ individuals are often not effectively investigated or prosecuted, creating a climate of impunity. Okay, so then moving on to the horrific murder of the trans woman, Hande Kader, can you provide some context for our listeners about Hande and the circumstances surrounding her case? Absolutely. Hande Kader was a transgender woman and LGBTQ activist from Turkey. In 2016, she was brutally murdered in Istanbul. Her case gained international attention as it exposed the violence and discrimination faced by the transgender community and highlighted the urgent need for justice and protection. Okay, can you tell us more about the events that led up to Hande Kader's murder and the aftermath of the crime, please? Of course. Hande Kader's murder occurred during a period of rising violence against transgender individuals in Turkey. She was last seen entering a client's car before her body was found brutally mutilated and burned. Her case brought attention to the systemic discrimination faced by the transgender community and sparked outrage and protest demanding justice and to violence against LGBTQ individuals. Okay, I did actually want to interject and tell our listeners that Hande Kader actually was a sex worker. And so when you said she entered the car of her clients, I just wanted to clarify that for our listeners, because I do think that that is something that is very important to add. And that was not just the demonization of her being part of the trans community, but also being a sex worker as well. Is that correct, Verda? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So then how did her case impact the conversation surrounding LGBTQ plus rights and violence in Turkey? Hande Kadar is an icon for the transgender community in Turkey. She was a leader for the 2015 LGBTQ Pride Walk in Istanbul. When the police arrived and started to tread the walkers violently, spraying them with high-powered water hoses, Hande stood against the police trucks and continued to protest, using her voice as she was crying to be heard as the voice of the LGBT community in Turkey. One week after the walk, she went missing. She was last seen going into a car with her customer, as it is known she was a sex worker, as you mentioned. The authorities did their investigation, but it wasn't true enough to get any strong evidence. It wasn't so surprising to see authorities do a sloppy investigation when the person missing is a transgender sex worker. Yes, the way the investigation went was not a surprise, but her death created a big impact in Turkey. It became a catalyst for public awareness and discourse on LGBTQ rights and violence in Turkey. It shed light on deeply rooted discrimination and hate crimes faced by the transgender community. Her tragic death led to increased calls for legal protections, hate crime legislation, and comprehensive policies to address violence and discrimination against LGBTQ individuals. Okay, I do want to tell listeners that to this day, there have been no updates in Handi's case, and basically it fell through the cracks because she was a trans woman. So thank you so much for sharing information on Hande's case, Verda. That was very informative. Thank you. It is crucial that we remember Hande Kadar and LGBTQ people worldwide who are struggling to stay safe and gain autonomy.
Thank you so much. This has been such an eye-opening conversation, Verda. And I do also want to tell listeners, because it is important to note, Turkey still remains to be a safe haven for the LGBTQ plus people throughout the region, so neighboring countries. And they are allowed under UN charters to seek asylum in safety within the state of Turkey, because obviously... The situation is far more grim in neighboring countries. So there is an upside to this story that Turkey is still working forward on trying to provide safety for this community. Thank you for having me, Amy, and helping young Turkish adults who work towards a more inclusive and just society. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today on this episode of Voices of LGBTQ Plus History in Turkey. Please continue to follow Reign of Chains on Spotify. See you next time. <laughs>